You are listening to the Mother Good Podcast, episode number 42. I'm your host, Emily Carney. We at Mother Good believe that there's no way to be a perfect mom, but many ways to be a good one. Our content is judgment-free within the context of evidence-based research. This episode is sponsored by usualwines.com. Go check out their website at www.usualwines.com and use our discount code MOTHERGOOD for $8 off your first order and try your first glass of wine on us. One thing I really like about Usual Wines is that their wine comes in single-serve portions. Every bottle is 6.3 ounces, so that's basically a heavy pour or about a glass and a half of wine, which is perfect for someone like me whose husband doesn't really enjoy bubbly wine. And so now I can finally just have my glass of bubbly wine and not have to just waste the rest of the bottle. Their wines come from world-class American viticultural areas in California, including Napa, Sonoma, and Santa Barbara. And another thing that I love about Usual Wines is that they are low carb and have zero grams of sugar. I just discovered recently that wine in the U.S. is allowed to have over 60 additives and that sugar is allowed to be added into wine. And sugar is actually an additive that's allowed to be put into wine. But Usual Wines only uses the sugar from the grapes themselves and then they ferment the wine until there's no more sugar left in the wine. So that's how you get a wine with with zero grams of sugar. So be sure you go check out Usual Wines at www.usualwines.com and use our promo code MOTHERGOOD for $8 off your first order. Hi, Bet. Welcome to the show and thank you so much for joining us today. Emily, it is such an honor to be on the show. I truly, truly have enjoyed all of your podcast episodes and your amazing guests. So it's an honor to be here. Well, thank you so much. I've definitely checked out your podcast as well. And if anyone listening wants to check it out, uh, it's called Living Your Big Bold Life, which I know that we'll get into later. Uh, But before we get into our topic today of prioritizing your health while also growing your family and your career, I would love to hear your background on just, you know, just tell us who you are, where you grew up, what your background is, and and how how did you get to where you are today? Sure. So my name is Bet. I am a mom of five, uh, 10 and under, and I'm currently expecting our sixth. I grew up in uh, the state of Washington in a, in a kind of small lumber town and went on to go to my college in Southern California and then uh, moved back after and started my career. And I currently work in the energy industry. I oversee sales and supply for my company. And um, as you can imagine, it is a mostly male industry. It's very common that I am the only female in the room. And um, even probably more comical is the fact that I'm usually the only person pregnant in the room. So, and with five babies, 10 and under, you can imagine that. Uh, That has been a fairly regular occurrence. So I love my job. It's quite fascinating um, for me. I I enjoy going to work each and every day. And my husband and I actually met in the industry. 
He uh, is almost 10 years older than me. He likes to round down to nine. I round up to 10. Um, And he and I met and we were one of those stories where we just kind of knew and married quickly, um, had kids quickly. And I was in my late 20s, but my husband was, you know, in his late 30s. And so I always find that our story, I think, provides hope for some people who feel like maybe it's too late for them to uh, find their spouse or find the one that they're supposed to be with and have kids. And I'm a little bit different in certain ways where late 20s isn't that odd, but the fact that my husband was um, 38 when we got married, uh, that is a little bit different. And now having five children with number six on the way. So I, uh, I've i always been someone who loves to encourage others and motivate others. And I started to um, do that more recently on my health journey as I was kind of noticing that as my family was growing and my career was growing, that my health was kind of struggling to find a fit in that equation. And I know as moms, we can sometimes feel like we're juggling all the things and nothing is winning. And therefore, we've got to prioritize our marriage and our children and our health often can take a back seat. So I really love encouraging moms of all um, paths, whether you work, whether you stay at home, whether you work part-time, whether you have a small family, you hope to have a family, you have a big family, um, whether you're starting your health journey or you're far down it. I really enjoy encouraging moms in their journey because uh, we all need that encouragement. And I love the word bold, even though sometimes there's a negative connotation around it. People often think bold means loud and and brash and obnoxious. And I, I probably could fit some of those things too. I am a quite talkative person. I'm a very extroverted person. Um, but really for me, bold means uh, risk taker. It means being courageous. And Now that I feel I'm farther along in my motherhood journey, I'm farther along in my career journey, I really feel called to help moms that might be where I was 10 years ago. And so I'm honored to be sharing my story, not because I think I'm some expert or because... uh, I have this amazing wisdom, but more that I feel that more we can share our stories, it inspires others on theirs. Yeah. And I really love uh, how you're just open about everything too, and how you make it work. I I know that you uh, had a recent episode when you're talking about childcare and, and those sorts of things. So before we jump into your, the beginning of your story, as you mentioned, that happened 10 years ago. I would love for you just maybe to spend a few minutes talking about what your current setup is so that you're able to juggle everything because I know that that's a big struggle for lots of moms that they they don't feel like they have the time to do things or 
even pursue their goals because they are taking care of their, their children all, all day. So maybe if you could just be uh, talk a little bit more about that aspect of it. I would love to. You know, I really do try to be open and transparent about the things that make our life click and work because I think we all fear that if we share too much about the help we have or too much about how we do it, then someone might judge us or someone might think, gosh, well, I handle it all myself. Why can't you? And really, that's just so silly. Um, And so I feel like I'm at a comfort level with my journey and a confidence level in my journey that it's my job now to share uh, how we make it all work. So my husband and I both work full time. Um, Prior to quarantine, we both did have an office. However, there would be times where we would work remotely or we would... um, Maybe we'd have offsite meetings or we'd be meeting with a customer and we'd be able to help with school pickups or school drop offs. Um, and I've been fortunate to always have a husband that he and I have kind of been able to shift as our careers have shifted and as our life has shifted. Um, so, a big component of when you both work full time and you have a growing family is needing help. And whether that help is in the form of a family member, um, but when you are a large family like ours, relying completely or solely on a family member, it just doesn't work. Um, You will end up burning out, most likely those around you. And I learned quite quickly that there was a fine line with that, right? Like, I want the help of our family, but I also found that if I crossed a line too much into that arena with five kids, then I risked kind of that that family relationship versus an employee relationship. So I always caution people that having your your mother-in-law or your auntie or, or an uncle help is great, but it's important that you also have other help in your life. And I believe in the term a bench. You need to have a bench and you need to have helpers around you. And some of those are friends. Some of those are family. Some of those could be your your church community, whatever that may be. But then you also need to have the babysitters and the nanny. And um, so for us, we did do kind of more of a daycare setup as we had less when we had less children. Then we moved on to hiring nannies. And um, for us, we started out with kind of a one full-time nanny um, during the week, during work hours, and that was a beautiful thing. And then we kind of quickly transitioned into realizing that if we could find two nannies that worked part-time, that actually worked better. And it's not a model that a lot of people talk about, but for us, it meant that we had kind of not all our eggs in one basket. It meant that if someone was sick, uh, it meant that if a nanny change happened unexpectedly, hey, their their husband had to move, there was a job change somewhere else with their child, something, that we didn't have all our eggs in one basket. And 
in addition to that, I I have babysitters that I rely on regularly and I always am trying to make sure I have that kind of network of support because in my career and my husband's career as um we've kind of grown our careers, we've always traveled to some uh degree. And uh what I've had to do is as my career has grown, I've reduced other probably outside obligations accordingly and and that's also helped. So I've asked for help, but I've also reduced down kind of some of my things that I used to do eight years ago, let's say. Like I was on a few boards in the community and that fit my life then and now it fits it less so. And maybe I'll go back to that, but right now not as much. So um, earlier this year, we actually ended up realizing that an au pair might be a really good fit for us because of the amount we traveled. So at that time, we re- we reduced down to one nanny kind of part-time and then went to having an au pair as well. And having an au pair has been a great addition for us. Um, there's the flexibility of hours. There is someone who's always here. A lot of times, it's not the child care component I need. It's literally, I have a conference call at 6 a.m. The kids are asleep, but I need to know someone is is there and present with the children in case someone wakes up, in case something is needed. And that's been the beauty of having um, an au pair kind of added to our world. Uh, so I've been very open on that. My husband and I are both now working from home right now because of kind of quarantine and that has meant actually that our childcare needs have reduced, to be honest, because normally I travel a lot. Normally I am uh, might have a one evening event a week uh, and same with my husband. And so if one of us has that, we really need more help, right? And also my kids aren't in activities really. There's no baseball. There's no... Um, so it's very that's a very sad thing that's happened but the beauty for us is that we have enjoyed being working from home and we have needed less help. So right now in the current state of quarantine uh, with five kids home, we have our au pair and she can work up to 45 hours a week and that has been meeting our needs. Um even though we both work full time. So that's kind of a breakdown of our help uh today. Thank you for sharing that. And I, again, I just appreciate how transparent you are about the help that you get, because I always see on social media so many, well, I shouldn't say so many because there's not like tons of big families, but really popular, bigger families that have lots of followers on social media. And then especially the ones that are always doing crafts and cooking and, you know, their house always looks clean perfectly clean and everything. I mean, I only have one child and then one on the way. And I'm just thinking, how do you do all of that? (laughs) You know, I mean, I guess if you don't work full time, then maybe, and you don't really sleep that much, but, and then I just think, gosh, they must have some sort of help. Like they must have a cleaner or they must have a part, at least a part-time nanny something, you know? (laughs) So I'm always just so curious about that. And then, and then it leads to well, I think a lot of mom guilt too, when you see that, how other families are functioning and then you're thinking, well, you know, why can't I have it all together and I have less children? So I, I definitely really appreciate that, that aspect of it. So 
Uh, I would love now to just dive into your whole health story because kind of along those same lines, it's I've noticed that most moms that they just stop taking care of themselves in certain aspects of their life once they have children, you know, it's either maybe they don't dress the same way that they did or they don't exercise or eat right, those sorts of things. And it seems like when you're trying to cut time and trying to cut corners, that something has to give. So it again, since you've, you're so transparent on the childcare and, and everything like that, I would love just to hear what your journey started off as and then how you hit that point of realizing, okay, I need to change things and then how, how you changed and, and then got to a healthier place. I would love to. And I think back to your point, just moms, just remember that whether they someone is a stay-at-home mom, whether they have a big-time corporate job, most people have help. It just looks differently, right? And it looks different. And the reason that it, it it's not talked about is because sometimes what will happen is someone will share that they have help and then they're criticized for it. And I think if we as moms can can come together and say, her path is different than mine, but wow, it's beautiful and it's awesome, then a lot of that stigma around sharing would go away and then we would feel better about sharing about it, right? And Right. I think that that's, that's the scary part. You know, most people who have that perfectly clean house, they have help to do that. Right. Most people that have uh, time to go do a few special activities, they have help to do that. So I just want to encourage people in that and, and yeah, really that, that we must support each other. Yeah, that's such a good point about the judgment too, because I did hear, I was so shocked that a few months ago, I heard this one television program and I'm not going to get into where I saw it and who it was because I don't want to bash people. But I was just shocked when I was listening in on it and they were the the two moms that were on the show were just openly making fun of people who had nannies, just full on making fun of them. And that was just a, tur- a turnoff, you know, because especially the fact that these two moms clearly have their own business too and obviously were away from their families in order to record this show. And then they're just bashing nannies. And I'm thinking, well, then who's watching your kids right now? So anyway, I just, I just wanted to say that I completely agree that, that, you know, that judgment is definitely there, unfortunately. And then we just have to support each other. We really do. And I've had so many stay at moms say, home moms say, I have help. I had twins. I was drowning. I I needed a babysitter. So anyways, on to the health journey. So um, when I was a mom of one and two, uh, they were 17 months apart. I think that my journey is probably pretty similar to most moms out there. When you have one and two children, your life feels pretty chaotic you wonder how anyone else is doing it. You're learning all of these things. You're quite overwhelmed. 
your marriage is changing, right? You had you had this person who it was just all about you as a couple, all about you as an individual. And then all of a sudden now there are these little humans that depend on you night and day and you can't just go and do whatever you want whenever you want. And so to me, focusing on your health during that time seems impossible. I mean, it's like the eye roll moment. Like, sure, yeah, focus on my health bet. Great. Um, I'm I'm trying to keep so much everything else together, right? And it feels like at times, I think, if I can remember back that like certain things were so blurry, but also you're holding on by a thread. Like, and then you throw in that usually during that time you move because maybe the house you originally were living in or the condo apartment no longer works for your family. You throw in job changes. You throw in any additional factors. And it's just a very intense time. And I, like many during that time, felt like my health took more and more and more of a backseat. And by the time I had my third baby, um, I, that in three years, you know, I had got promoted at work. I had helped the company sell to new owners. We had moved. Um, I mean, my husband, we, we had a dog die. I mean, all the things that everyone I know deals with in different ways. And I remember slowly seeing pictures of myself And I've always been a really confident person, Emily, like always have had really good body image and have never been that person that's like, oh, I gained a pound. Like, who cares? Whatever. I've never been like that. But I did slowly notice that my health was like kind of slowly slipping. And in my mind, that was just what was going to be right? It was just going to be that way because how the heck was I going to fix this? And I would try different times of fixing it. So I would, I remember at a school auction, I won a personal trainer for eight, like eight things in a raffle. Like I got eight visits. And I've never like feel like I eat overly unhealthy or anything. And so I did the trainer. I was trying to focus on my health more and it was kind of like nothing would work for me. And so I think combined with the fact that you're trying to figure out when and if you're going to ever make your health a priority, you're also at these moments of time where you try to make your health a priority and it feels like it doesn't change too much. Uh, so I think I had that moment of time where after I had had baby four now, I just kind of everything started to click more. I started to realize that if I was going to be healthier, that I had to start prioritizing it more and consistently prioritizing it more. And not just for a day, not for a week, like for the rest of my life. And that results that are fast don't last, right? So too often we want the like, 10 pounds in 10 days diet thing, mentality. And really, I had to accept that, no, this was my journey. And so I stopped thinking that this was going to happen overnight. And then I also stopped thinking that my focusing on my health was selfish. 
And I started hearing this more and more from other moms I looked up to. No bet. Focusing on your health isn't selfish. And the light bulb moment for me was, if I could better my health, then I know I can better all the other areas of my life, my family, my marriage, my career, everything. And that prioritizing my health wasn't being selfish and taking away from those things. It was actually going to add back to that. And as someone who feels like I want to give back to the world, I want to leave my mark, I want to be the best mom and and do a good job at my career, I never had that mentality before. And it was like this huge moment for me when I kind of accepted those two things. I really like how you said that, that working out and just being healthy in general makes you better in all areas of your life. And I think that can apply for other things too, such as sleeping, making sure you get enough sleep if it's possible, you know, you don't have a newborn or something like that, or taking time for yourself, having a little self-care, just going on a walk by yourself or taking a few moments, like a half hour or an hour just to, to reset or something like that, that a lot of times I think that we moms view that as being selfish and then taking time away from your family, but in the end is giving more to them because you know, would they rather have a 12, uh, their mom for 12 hours and she's going to be super grumpy all day or a mom that maybe is only around for 10 hours instead. And because she was spent two hours exercising or taking some time for herself. And that's something that, that I've realized myself too. You know, if I, if I notice that my temper is starting to get short, I realize, Hey, you know, I haven't filled up my, my, my cup today, my cup hasn't been filled up today. It's just been give, give, give. And then I'll just say, you know, I, I just need a little break, even if it's just a half hour, just to recharge. And then I come back and then I just feel so much better. And then I'm in a better mood and then I can give more. And and no one wants to have a, a grumpy mom all the time. So I think that that's such a good point that, that you made. So I'm curious, was there a breaking point that you felt uh, where it just made you change suddenly or was it just gradual? Because you did mention that you tried to do it and then it didn't click. So I'm curious if maybe if you have some tips for moms who are listening, maybe they have tried to get healthier and they're just kind of stuck in this rut and it's not going anywhere. What was your process to to finally get it to click and stay healthy? Because I mean, I you look amazing for having six kids. You're in awesome shape and I saw that you run too, and I'm just really amazed. And you can tell just, you know, by by your face that you're just a very healthy person. So what what was the breaking point and how did you finally get yourself to change? We're taking a quick break from this episode to thank our episode sponsor, Usual Wines. Don't forget to check out their website at www.usualwines.com and use our promo code MOTHERGOOD, $8 off your first order and try your first glass of wine on us. I wanted to talk a little bit about the different types of wine that Usual Wines is offering this summer. They have a red blend, a rosé, and a sparkling white wine called Brut. And just for this summer only, they have a Brut Rosé. As I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, each bottle of Usual Wines is about a glass and a half of wine. So 
If you want to enjoy that glass of rosé or brut rosé and no one else that you're celebrating with enjoys sparkling wine, you can go ahead and pour yourself that glass of sparkling wine and not have to waste the rest of the bottle. And you can enjoy that glass guilt-free as the wine is low carb and has zero grams of sugar. Their wine is shipped directly to your front door so you don't have to go out and brave the grocery stores and masks or whatnot. So don't forget to go check out their website at www.usualwines.com and use the promo code MOTHERGOOD for $8 off your first order. Definitely. I... I believe that moment for me was my girlfriend Kelly had called me and said, hey, we're going to go on a last minute weekend trip. And Spencer and I at that point had had four, we had four kids. My son Lad was probably six months old, seven months old at the time. So we decided to go. We really hadn't done something like that in a long time and we went. And It's that infamous like picture moment. And even though so much of being healthy is not what the scale says, is not, you know, a picture, it was a very important moment for me. And I remember being very self-conscious that whole trip, which is so unlike me. And I remember just knowing that I was not the healthiest I could be. So, um, my path started, I had tried a lot of things. I had tried kind of going a little bit lower carb. I had tried exercising a little bit more. And I started out just cutting dairy for me. And I did the Whole30 diet, which some people um, have had great success with. Some people don't like because it's a diet, quote unquote. But what the Whole30 really did for me was kind of make me realize that I was overeating dairy in my diet. And not because I think dairy is bad, but for me, I could just live off of cheese. Like I could just give me like cheese. Cheese Cheese is like, I could just have cheese and then give me like a, even not a flavored latte, like like just a coffee with some cream in it. I could live off those two things. Yes, I agree. (laughs) So I think that's kind of like a mom diet. Maybe there's a diet Coke in there for some moms to add that in. But in general, like And so I think that's why I was so frustrated because I really didn't feel like I was eating a lot and really that I was eating poorly. So the Whole30 really said, okay, break from alcohol, break from dairy, and break from sugar. Now, for me, sugar and carbs is not the struggle for that a lot of people have. Like, it's just not. But I, um, I really found that doing that, I started seeing some results. And it was like the first time in years that anything had worked for me. And I was like, this aha moment kind of happened. And then I read Kelly Levesque's book, Body Love. And she starts challenging the notion that you need to snack all day. And she's actually kind of in this theory of elongating the time between meals. And I have to tell you, Emily, as someone who feels like they ate really healthy all day, you know, nuts and fruit and vegetables and good protein sources, I had never thought of like not snacking. I had always been like, well, you need the snacks and you need, you need to do that all day. And, and what I always tell moms is if that is working for you, I am not here to change what is working. 
But if you have tried all the things and you're still feeling frustrated, maybe my journey can help. So I read her book. And even though I'm not big into smoothies, that is a part of her book, she tells you to focus on four things, good fats, protein, fiber, and greens. And she's big into, I also don't want you to snack. And so I all of a sudden started saying, well, geez, it's kind of Whole30 like, but instead of focusing now on what I can't eat, I'm focusing on what I can eat. So I kind of moved into that and I kept showing results. Like my, I was feeling stronger. I was needing less sleep. I was, my energy was high and I knew I was onto something for my body. And then I started researching more um, at, and I was hearing more and more about this thought process that by elongating the time between meals allows your insulin levels to reduce, potentially fights inflammation on our bodies. And I think we as women think that inflammation just means on a scale. But, you know, a lot of people are calling Alzheimer's type 3 diabetes, effectively inflammation of the brain. And there's all yeah. And so that's why sometimes we get so focused on what we weigh, but there's also, if we're not taking good care of our bodies, there's other inflammation possibly in our bodies, right? And, you know, women's Alzheimer's rates are skyrocketing along with diabetes. So that like thought process for my very simplistic, non-doctor, non-fitness uh, expert mind made sense to me. So then when I ran into um, the thought process of that, I was like, gosh, I'm less hungry right now. I don't always need to eat dinner. So every once in a while, Emily, I would just skip dinner. Like every once in a while, I just felt like I had had a satiating, really healthy lunch. And I would eat out sometimes with my company. So sometimes when you eat out and you have a really nice meal out, it's a little probably bigger than you would normally, right? Like it would be a little larger. So I would be able to have a really good protein source and a really good, like, let's say vegetable with that. And so a few nights a week, I started toying with this. And that was kind of when intermittent fasting was being brought up. And more and more talked about it wasn't as, you know, oh, you're starving yourself thought process. And, but I didn't really know that's what I was doing. I just was naturally kind of falling into that because I was finding myself so satisfied by eating the right foods and elongating the time between my meals. And so what would happen for me is that I would have um, kind of my, a small breakfast, even though I'm not always hungry at breakfast, and I would have a good solid lunch. And then dinner was like a maybe some nights. And that was only like two or three nights a week. And then when I did that, Emily, like I noticed another big jump. My muscle tone went up. Like without even – I was not adding more weights. I was still doing weight, weights in my uh, workout routine. So I think what I did was – I slowly started challenging what I had been told what is what I had to do. And what I had been always told is I had to eat low fat and I had to um, snack all the time. And um, I had to work out two hours every day. And for me, 
and my journey and my body, what I have found is, yes, I need to move and get outside. Yes, I need to do some resistance training has been good for me and some weights has been good. But I don't need to work out two hours every day. And kind of your, your, hey, I just need to maybe try to move every day if possible. And then a few of those days a little bit more intensely maybe. But from an eating standpoint, I noticed dramatic difference there. And I lost over 40 pounds, which um, again, for me, I believe weight weight loss is the side effect of when you have found kind of your your appropriate health path. And I was at a stage where I was not in my healthiest path. I was feeling bloated and I was feeling tired and I was just not feeling the best version of me. And so kind of combining those things, that's when I started feeling very passionate that maybe there were other people that were trying all the things they had been told for years and they weren't working for them either. And that's when I kind of started sharing them more with the world because I knew what it felt like to just not feel your best every day. And now I'm pregnant with my sixth. I'm 39 years old. And I really can honestly tell you that no, I am not perfect, not at all, but I feel really good most days. And sure, I have my down days and sure, I have, you know, sure, I'm human, but I will tell you my energy level and my purpose and my clarity are just so much more there as a result of this health journey. And I'm so grateful for it. And I, I guess that's probably why I get so passionate that I want even if it just helps one fellow mom out there, I want them to hear it. That's such a good point. And it's funny that you're talking about all of the things that you realized weren't working and what what is working for you. Because I, and when I was in law school that I gained, I mean, not, not a ton, it was like 10 pounds or something, but uh, I noticed that just eliminating snacking was a big part of that. Um, and just as you said, you're told to eat constantly throughout the day. And I mean, that's that's kind of like the old school train of thought that you have to snack and everything and it's best for you, but it's not always best for everyone. Um, yeah. So I mean, this the snacking thing was huge. And then also the dinner, it's interesting uh, that there's this saying, I have some German relatives uh, who live in Germany and there's the saying in German that I've, I've lost a lot of my German, so I can't repeat it in German, but it's something like you eat like a king at breakfast, meaning you eat a ton for breakfast and then you eat a moderate sized meal for lunch. And then you eat like a popper for dinner or something. And I've, I've always thought about that, that it, then that's usually how I tend to eat too, that, you know, I def, I don't necessarily skip dinner, but I will have maybe a really light dinner if I've eaten pretty hearty throughout the day. And then I'm just not really that hungry either. If if you eat a, a big breakfast, a big lunch, you're just not really hungry at dinner. <laughs> so sometimes I'll just yes. have like a, a salad or something else pretty small, probably the size more of like a snack or something. And then it, it just feels better for whatever reason to to be to have it structured that way. So I think that that's a really 
really good point. And then also that you were talking about what just what makes sense for other people on what works and what doesn't work. I, there's so much, so much information out there on dieting and diets and what's healthy and what isn't healthy. And one of the things the that I think is really big too is the the fat that a lot of people just think all fat is bad because of the the low fat that was super popular back in I don't know the 80s or whenever the government made it that super popular but it's really which I'm sure you already know it's only the bad fats that are bad for you and that there there's also there's a lot of good fats and that you should eat a lot of those and so my family, we, we eat a lot. We actually eat a lot of fat, <laughs> like yes. a lot of good fats. And that keeps you full and makes you not want to eat as much when you're eating more fat in your diet, which is kind of counterintuitive to like not being fat, but it's so true. And it makes your food taste good. So I think yeah. that so many of us got stuck on skinless chicken breast with no, you know, no seasoning, no fat with it. And then we didn't, and, and we've removed all the stuff that made it, you know, really taste good and really satiate us. And I think that that's why you hit on such a good point is that that's why that kind of fab four thought process was so enlightening because I think I really started increasing my good fats. And if you told me, or if you ask me, Bet, what was probably one of the the key things to my success, I really do believe it was increasing some of the good fats in my diet because it made me more satiated and therefore I could go longer between meals or I was less hungry. And I, I think we're we're eating a lot of food and but it's not satiating us. Therefore we're needing more food. So that 100 calorie a low fat snack pack is doing you no favors and you're just paying attention. Well, it's low calorie and, but it's not really, your body isn't happy with it. It's like you put diesel in the gas engine, you know, the gas tank. It's, it's, it's mad, you know, it's, it's not happy. Um, And then on snacks, you know, Kelly Levesque's one of her lines is quit snacking. You're not a toddler. (laughs) I love that. That's so great. I think it's such a good reminder, but you know, your German phrase is so similar to kind of this new challenge of, you know, our ancestors. And if you even ask your grandparents, most of them did not eat three meals a day. Heck no, they did not. And we've just been so trained that you have to eat all the time. And this is not meaning, this, and that if we say anything against that, that means you're starving yourself. No, it doesn't. Actually, I eat a lot, but I eat in a much more condensed window of time. And I think, again, that's reducing the insulin. It's allowing my body to actually burn the fat in my fat stores. You know, I like to kind of compare it to a fridge in a pantry. So if we're eating, if we're snacking all the time, And we as moms are guilty of this. We don't eat a lot and we just graze all day. You know, we eat the leftover macaroni from our toddler and, you know, we're we're eating all these snacks. Well, our body has constant energy all day. It's It's just feeding off of that. So then we wonder why we can't burn fat and why we can't have results. Well, it's because it never got to the pantry, right? It never got there. So for me... It really was a difference maker. And I think that's why maybe a lighter dinner or no dinner made such a difference. Because if you think about it, 
it gave my it gives your body that much time to focus on fat burning and whereas if you're eating this huge dinner and then you're eating a huge breakfast well yeah you have the time that you're sleeping but you're not giving yourself that much time and you know some of you aren't big breakfast eaters i think that's okay I don't, but I don't think you should eat just because you want to. I know some people would disagree with me. I I do fine with a very light breakfast, or I'll do a, I will do like a higher fat coffee sometimes. But lunch is really my ticket. Like that's been for me as a mom. That's worked really well. Um, so yeah, it's just interesting to challenge what we've been told, and really maybe as moms we have. We're thinking we're doing it all right, and maybe the tools we have aren't the right ones. So how do you manage the healthy eating and such a large family? So I know that you've said that you're, you know, you're obviously really transparent about having the childcare and that gives you the time that you need to work and that all that situation. How about the actual food that you eat? Because that to me, that's probably the biggest struggle. And again, I'm just coming from a one soon to be two child household is, is making the time to cook, you know, keeping meal planning, keeping the right groceries on hand without them spoiling. How do you manage all that? And especially since you're on such a larger scale, I feel like you're pretty much an expert on how to feed your healthy or feed your family in a healthy way. How do you do it? Yeah, you know, it does come with its challenges because as a mom, you think, well, if I restrict too much, if I say no sugar, no this treat, no that, will they just want it more when they leave my house someday? And and that's where I don't, you know, I don't know that answer because I will tell you, like my my husband was raised in a house with no sugar cereal. And no treats like that. And he has the biggest sweet tooth. Like that guy, like, and he's, he's in great shape. like me, actually. (laughs) Yes. Huge sweet tooth. Like he literally, like, Emily, it's funny. I told the story the other day that I almost killed him when I was pregnant with my second because he ate my box of Cocoa Puffs that I really wanted. And he he didn't just eat a bowl. He ate the whole dang box. And this is not, this is a very in shape, healthy guy, but he just has a sweet tooth. And then you could have a, a whole pint of ice cream in front of me, and I would say, give me something else. Give me the goat cheese. I mean, give me something else. Um, I'd probably pick a glass of wine. I'm pregnant right now, but I'd, I'd probably <laughs> pick a glass of wine. You know, it, we're yeah. just different in that. But I was raised in a house where, we emphasized healthy eating, but there was sugar cereals. Yes. There was a treat drawer, like a drawer that you could pull out and there was candy in it. And so that's what I really struggle with as a mom is how do I provide healthy options, but also don't restrict them so much that my kids are obsessed with them when they leave me. And I don't have that answer there. Um, I will tell you that we try to fall somewhere balanced in the middle. We try to have a protein source, always defrosting in the fridge, always ready. And I think protein source, um, if your family um, 
is not vegan or vegetarian. I think that's a real key to our success is building around that protein and having it ready to go or defrosting. Because to me, what normally happens with poor food choices as a family is when you've waited until five o'clock, which totally happens. And it's totally, I I get it, but you wait till five o'clock and there's all your proteins are frozen or you don't have a quick option to build around. And then I would say having quick, easy access to quick proteins if you haven't done that, like a rotisserie chicken that you could slice up and warm up uh, and use. They're, They're great. There's so many. And my kids love them. And then turning that into chicken soup the next day. Make it easy on yourself. Don't, you know, don't complicate it. So my approach is, do I have a protein plan? And then keep it simple, stupid, you know, not telling you guys stupid. That's my, that's my thought to myself. Keep it simple, quit overcomplicating. And really that has been probably one of the key things. And then my next thing would be, it's just, don't think it has to be as as healthy for them. They're still growing. Their bodies are changing. So they are kids. Like you and I, we're done growing, right? And so we don't, we, 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 right? Right? In the wrong directions. Yeah. Um, but hopefully that's really helped me to have some healthy conversations with my daughters and my son. And my son doesn't ask as much because he's only five. But I will tell you that people ask me because they know that I am a proponent of intermittent fasting as a tool. Now, I don't think everyone has to do it or should do it, but I think it's a tool you can use and implement. And some people will say, well, Beth, how do you how do you not eat in front of the children? I mean, isn't that encouraging poor eating habits? And I said, no, not if you are confident in how you state it. And I tell my girls, your mom had a very big lunch today and I am not hungry right now because I'm done growing. My body doesn't need all the fuel that your body needs. And my goal for you when you, as you grow up is that you listen to your body. And I'm listening to my body right now. And so the more I can emphasize that, I think is great. Um, but we are far from perfect. We will still, like I always tell people, that that fitness expert that you see on um, Instagram she took her kid to McDonald's a, a week ago. I know she did because you know what? Billions and billions served didn't just happen by a few of us going there every once in a while. So um, the last thing is balance. Realize that there's going to be imbalance in your kid's journey and your journey. If you went camping for the weekend and you did have s'mores a few of the nights and heck, on the way home, you stopped at McDonald's, you know what? That's okay. And that is not screwing up your whole kid's health journey. And so first is protein. Second is keep it simple. And last is balance. Just be okay with balance and don't, it's worse for you to be stressed out about it and guilty and have like debilitating thoughts or negative thoughts about yourself than it is if you really stopped at McDonald's. I will forgive you. And um, heck, um, I you might wave to me every once in a while in the drive through line when I literally had to do it. So I think that's my message is that similar to childcare, people are sharing with you what they hope to be, right? What they hope for their kids' nutrition and what they hope for that 90% of the time is. 
But there's a 10% out there that's real lived in life. And real lived in life is not perfect. It's messy. And same with our eating. So if we can just say 90% of the time, you know what, my kids' dinner looks good and my kids' eating is good and I'm providing them a diverse amount of foods to try. But you know what, 10% of junk or 10% here, I think it's okay. And they're going to be gone from your house someday and they've got to be able to figure that out someday too. So that's how we do it. (laughs) No, that's such a great tip. I, I recently, especially during quarantine with the constant, or it feels like more cooking, I've kind of taken the same approach where I just tell myself, you know, if there's one or two meals a week that don't look that healthy, well, that's, that's okay with me. And I've just kind of accepted that, that as long as the majority of the meals are decently healthy, that if we have a couple meals that are that healthy, then I'm not going to lose sleep over it. And then also just being, being okay with that and just being guilt-free about it, you know? So if I, if I hand my daughter a chicken nugget meal, I think, you know, this is, this is, not not necessarily a cheat meal because it's it's not bad. I mean, it's still chicken. It's but it's it's more of just I'm feeding her healthy the majority of the time, and this is kind of the, the fast meal that's going to save me some sanity and it's making everyone healthy. You know, my daughter likes it because she likes the food, and then I get a, a break from constantly cooking. So I, I really think that that's the best best approach to have. So I definitely agree with that. Yeah, well, thank you, Bet, so much again for joining us today. I've just really enjoyed our conversation. I'm just always so fascinated, you know, someone someone like you who has a full-time career and children and not just a couple kids, you know, it's not that common to have many children and then also have a career and balancing that all and also staying healthy. It's just, it's so impressive and just hearing your story and how you how you make it work, it's it's just really inspiring. So thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show and share your story. Emily, it's been a true honor to be here. And, you know, we we all have different and unique paths, but, you know, the key really is having peace with our path and being confident that um, in our journey as moms, right, in our journey that we might do it differently and that's okay. But once we kind of have peace with that, we are doing what's best for, for our family. There's such beauty in that. So thank you for letting me share my journey today. Thank you so much.